Spurs. Spurs, but I've been watching that all or nothing. Uh, and uh, I've been trying to uh, tinker around with my fantasy team also, which is giving me one major beat because there are too many choices. Preseason fantasy is always so freaking hectic. Yeah, I have my uh, solid picks: Kane, who uh, else? Son and De Bruyne. These three I'll have in my team always. Everybody else is just one. But uh, yeah, well. So anyway, welcome back, and uh, we are going to talk about our 1920 season. Pratik, what is your uh, one word to describe? Uh, the 1920 season though. Mm, I would say turmoil or change. You know, either of these. Turmoil is probably a stronger word. Okay. Like turmoil slash change. Yeah, because uh, this was a season of change. I mean, see, when uh, I like, I went to Singapore. You also were there. We saw the whole team. We saw Pochard. You know, I would have never imagined. You know, he would be gone in the few months after that. <laughs> yeah. So it's such an exciting time. You know, we saw them like Endomble. Play, we saw Kane play. We saw everyone play. It was so. Ex- I thought we will push on from the Champions League final. We'll probably make a you know, pro like win a trophy or something under Poch. But you know, when we came back, at least the first game was amazing, the Aston Villa game. But then slowly things unraveled, and slowly, slowly, you know, we went on a terrible form. Then Pochettino got sacked, which was probably a shock, considering we were in the final. Only few months back, then another shock was getting uh, Mourinho. I, I never thought, you know, like guy like Mourinho at our club. Never thought that. Then again, lot of good form injury. Again injuries. Then again, pick, then this COVID happened. It was uh, such a weird season. I mean, it, it was change or turmoil, you can say, because it was so so many things happened outside, like all over the world with respect to COVID and. Other things, but internally also we were having constant change. You know, coach got change, then we got players, we got new players. We sold off Eriksson, who had been such a like who was you know a, a player in the first eleven we couldn't have imagined, and he was also almost like he was rarely injured. So it wasn't like we we didn't see him. We saw him all the time. So there was a lot of changes. So. It was you know after five years of stability, this was the season where we have we were back to being the old Spurs, you know, stacking managers and all. So, <laughs> yeah, the season of turmoil so, change. Okay, so is it like fifty percent turmoil, fifty percent change, or like sixty percent turmoil, forty percent change? Or... It is ninety percent turmoil, ten percent change for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anirban, what about you? What is your one word of? Uh, to describe the 1920 season i'll i'll use the i'll use a phrase okay the more things change the more they remain the same and uh, and if that's too large a phrase i'll i'll say back to basics and i say it for two reasons it, it's very similar to actually what prateek said which is i mean just look at 1920 the season and the year in in context first of all we have never had a longer season in mm-hmm. history we had the covid come in it disrupted everything you know the whole thing got pushed out uh i for one was rather hoping they'll scrap the whole season and reset to 1819 season 
and just start 2021 from there. Uh, because it would have given me the joy of telling the Liverpool fans that you are kind of halfway to us in not having won a Premier League for 30, 30 years. Uh, well, it didn't happen that way and they were worthy winners. And, uh, you know, the gap between them and even second-placed City and the rest of the team is huge. So that's one story of the season. And a great example of how they have kicked on since that UCL final, while we have kind of regressed in footballing terms. So that's one part of the season. But the but the other reason I say back to basics is because, uh, you know, in life, I think all of us are connecting back to, you know, things that, that matter. I mean, you can't really wear a lot of fashion accessories and dress anymore now. I mean, there's a new normal. A lot of a lot of the stuff you would have spent money on, you don't spend money on that. Uh, you know, you suddenly realize that, you know, there are relationships which are more important. I think a lot of people all around the world, uh, whether they have jobs or they have lost jobs or they are searching for jobs, uh, you know, they have exams or their exams got postponed or whatever it is, a lot of people, you know, are, are kind of dealing and grappling with those basic stuff. And, and in football, for a Spurs fan, you know, it was a back to basics in the sense that this whole five years of, of Poch, it seemed as if we were destined, we were entitled to become champions sooner or later. Uh, those more discerning would have seen that the wheels were beginning to come off, but 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 that was that was the sense of it, right? And and there was even a sense of entitlement building up in Spurs fans, and to that extent, uh, you know that that expectation was not real. It was not really Spurs. And as Pratik said, you know we during the season we changed, and we uh, you know we ended up uh, you know starting the season really badly. And Poch got the sack. And I think we all felt sad for Poch because of the past. But, you know, uh, was it fair? Was it not? Well, maybe we can talk about it later. But then Moreno came in and he is one of the, you know, the, like the proven winners, one of the legends in, in, in world football. You know, he'll be one of the mm -hmm. top four five coaches in any top four five list that you would have. Uh, even if you include the new whiz kids like Nagelsmann and all who seems to be making their mark. Uh, so his stature is awesome. And and we had a rebound, right, under him. But but then it was a start-stop. Every time we started, there was an injury. And I think that whole all-or-nothing documentary documents that pretty well. Uh, we seem to have some gaps in the team that really hit mm -hmm. us, like not having a striker when Kane was out and Son was out. And finally, we you know, had the whole pandemic break and then we came back and we did pretty well uh, post-pandemic and we finally scrambled into a Europa place. So it was like an up and down season, uh, a season of turmoil, a season of change at one level, but a season of that uh, chaos that Spurs usually is and which is the normal for a Spurs fan. Uh, you know, that came in. And that's why I say it's a back to the basics of being a Spurs fan. So you used a phrase instead of a word. So, okay, that, that, what was the phrase again? Back to the basics of being a Spurs fan. Yeah. Oh, 
Okay. No, no. I remember the phrase. The phrase was, "When there's something about change." Yeah. The more things change, the more they remain the same. But, change, yeah. The the same. That was what he started with. Yep. Yeah. Bukund, what's your one word, bro? Uh, I think it'll have to be exhausting, given the shit yeah. that we went through. But um, what? This internet connection isn't strong enough at the moment. What? <laughs> Did you guys hear? That? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who's that lady? That, that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> you need a strong internet connection, Mukun. I'm sitting in front of the wife. Right <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, uh, Mukun, what was your uh, one word to describe our season, bro? Uh, okay. Explaining this only is getting exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> my one word uh, to describe the season was that exhausting and that is because uh, we went through a lot of shit this season uh, with uh, bayern 72 then pasino getting sacked and who coming in so it was a roller coaster of emotions and uh, mainly it was towards the disappointing end not towards the euphoric end like the ending of last of our season i mean not the ending but just just before the ending when we qualified to the champions league final uh but yeah the, the the one thing that i am looking forward to is that uh mourinho got in a good 6 to 7 months to bed him his squad and uh, from the from what we saw during post research post research we, we saw that you know he's got his squad in order he's got his uh, he's got his defensive organization set uh so i am very very i'm very excited to look forward to the new season but if when it comes to the old season i am super fucking disappointed that we sacked probably our best manager in a long long time he's one of the greatest managers of all time at spurs so when that sacking happened i was just like depressed for quite a while they uh, glo- kind of glossed over it in the in the documentary also no like but we will talk about that later but uh, yeah man the my word would be uh, ironic because uh, like I, i agree with what pratik said i had high hopes uh, this season you know because they reached they almost won they reached the first five champions league final in their 100 and how many ever years history and um, you know they were th- that close to winning the champions league uh, trophy and should have motivated them to like you know like season let's actually go and do it but no we um, did the exact opposite of that and um, i don't know uh, it, it it resulted in the manager getting sacked and uh, mourinho coming in so it was yeah man i uh, i thought at least like i expected us to actually i not just me i think everybody like even on youtube if you see people who um, like upload youtube videos and all who are like football youtubers everybody predicted that spurs would finish third uh, at least and uh, the, yeah it was this just very disappointing with the team that we had on paper and all the way they were performing it was like completely unacceptable they were just not even playing properly and uh, <clears throat> yeah at the end of the day we got our man mourinho and this, like the season happened in like three stages for me first it was initially it was like we were going up things were going well and then that uh, 7-2 defeat and all that happened and then things were just bad and then mourinho came and then things went before things could like actually become nice uh, like you know key players got injured and uh, everything just went to hell 
and um, during Mourinho's like there was I think seven games where uh, we we did not win a single game. We had there was a point when we didn't have uh, a win in over a month. So yeah, all that was because of all the injuries. Like I've never seen I I don't see I don't think I've ever seen a season where a team has had to deal with that many injuries to first team players. Like it was uh, something. Um, I I've never seen before being a football fan. I don't know about you guys, but and and the, the worst part is we got reminded about it, and there was so much emphasis on that during the documentary. <laughs> yeah, emphasis on that, and uh, Sir Jorya being a very nice guy. I have a soft spot for him now. <laughs> I don't know. Shut up. <laughs> hey, yeah, bro. He's such a sweet guy, dude. I don't want to like say shit about him. But yeah. Hey, nice guy, dude. Whatever happens to him, I hope good things only happen to him. He's come from the streets and all. Respect. So, uh, yeah. Um, that was the thing. So, like, moving moving on to like, um, one of the most impactful people who have ever come to our club. uh pochettino pratik um, what is your uh, opinion on the last five and a half years of pochettino's uh, tenure at our club uh, i think it was uh, you know like we we uh, it became i i don't know exact words for it you know because we, we had low expectations and uh, even like i don't think even he had like very high expectations at least like in the initial years i mean because even when i hear levy speak or someone else speak i keep on hearing that we got well ahead of the plan you know the plan was to just uh, transition to the new stadium while qualifying for top 4 like aiming for trophies going to the finals was the next stage but we somehow surpassed everything and we kind of you know even went to the next stage in the first stage itself and the 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 team's uh, way of playing was very good we enjoyed seeing the team we you know he actually uh, made us feel and he actually even got the team on level with the top 4 and the top 2 teams i mean we finished second and third so at times so we were among the best 2 3 teams in the country so he actually you know made us believe and he, and he even i think put the belief in the players that you can actually you know fight and win against these best teams and by on on your on by pressing the front foot you know he got us the belief we we actually uh, we early used to dread those games against united and city and all okay especially that bloody season of avb that was a horrible season so he got us you know he changed the belief for us he improved the gameplay he got so many uh, hidden gems like ali even dyer was such a dyer cost us 3 and 1/2 pounds if i remember well from sporting lisbon and i still remember his debut goal you know in the first match so a lot of such things happened dembele was amazing the, the midfield of him and dyer was amazing the defense i mean our defense was a bloody you know a leaking hole but it it became so tight after toby and yan we had the best full backs at one point kane came along you know so so many positives so many things and uh, at then you know his was like of course one of the prob- easily one of the best ma- pro- the best manager i have seen at least i haven't seen the old managers but yeah he can he's easily among the best managers we ever had and yeah it was sad to see him go sad to see him go without a trophy despite being so close to like few of them we made two finals we made two three semi finals under him so yeah it was emotional it was sad i mean 
but yeah life moves on that's all and in the recent interview he said he wants to come back in future maybe that happens and bob by that time we have won some trophies he has won some trophies and we we together win some trophies yeah man it's all about the trophies and even what are your thoughts on pochettino's five and a half years at at spurs so near yet so far right i mean pochettino is kind of a little bit like a tragedy uh in the classical sense i don't know if you guys uh, ever uh, you know followed this figure uh spartacus he was a he was a slave in the roman empire and learned to be a gladiator and then he led a revolt of the slaves and wanted to go to freedom and he fought his way to the seashore with his uh, very ragged group of freed slaves or revolting slaves and uh, he was supposed to catch a ship and sail out into the mediterranean and to freedom from there uh but he he failed and and finally the roman army caught up with the rebelling slaves and there was a fight and they lost and pretty much everybody died uh it was a tragedy and immortalized in a russian ballet a bolshoi ballet by the same name uh spartacus so so in a way you know pochettino reminds me of spartacus because he came in and you know he fought the good fight he uh he he came in and gave us an identity which i think was very very important and that identity was get young players uh, even i'll take the next step and say get young english or young british players and and build your team up from the academy and uh and retain a core and gradually improve each player in a system to the point where the team can start competing with the best and he cleaned out cleared out a lot of a uh, lot of people who were uh, uh, you know just taking up space and not necessarily committed to that team ethic uh, the ethic itself involved a huge amount of hard work uh, you know the high pressing uh, pochettino system with overlapping full backs and 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 the high press required people to be very fit very fast uh lend itself well to a young team also for that same reason and 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 uh you know the first 3 years he really really succeeded and i think it's a complete travesty of justice that we didn't win a cup uh, of course he criminally did not focus on the cups but we didn't win a cup and uh, you know we came so close i mean we came third we came second but actually the year in which we came third that's the year we should have won it not leicester we were the better team we were by far the best team in those two years in the in the premier league except uh chelsea was the more experienced team and lester was like a incredible fluke great for football but not great for spurs uh, we should have won that year i think it's 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 really sad we didn't win but then i think there was a turn and in that turn 
is the basis of tragedy because what happened was events started overtaking him uh he never got the right players for the team that strategy of just taking younger players and making them grow needed better recruiting uh there was this tiff with paul allen and 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 he left and uh, uh, you know levy was never uh, w- would be always fractionally that behind in the purse string so uh, so the key player signings didn't happen the, the few key signings which would have kicked us on to that next level they never happened uh, you know we didn't sign sadio mane for 4 million extra and we bought sissoko and just imagine the difference it could have happened if it was the other way round uh and uh and and the the strategy of pochettino the fitness levels that were required that started interfering with the fitness of the players i firmly believe that you know when you have that high energy requirement in a strategy uh unless there's huge squad depth and rotation uh we got away because we had uh, you know uh, two full backs uh in 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 depth on both flanks right we had we had backups four great full backs in the team at their peak uh you know once we sold Kyle Walker and 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 a year later Trippier uh, Rose declined uh you know the injury started and and we were never the same team again and 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 lots of players started getting injured right uh so the team went into decline and once that happened i don't think Pochettino was savvy enough on on strategy itself he knew one system and one way to play uh, he was not really good at the others he tried it once or twice even with success against city uh, had a very defensive uh, game with a low block uh, and 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 by some incredible luck he won it also but but you know he he didn't have the tactical flexibility of some of the more seasoned managers and and that's when things started going wrong for him i think in the uh, you know it it was apparent even during our ucl run actually that was like the last autumn of the patriarch as they say uh, you know where where the glory is kind of gone but you know just by the after glow it continues for some more time uh, but but you know it it all really got badly exposed in the last year i think in the first half of the season of poch he really did not know uh, you know how to correct and he had lost the dressing room by all all yardsticks you know most information most reports say that he had lost the confidence of the of the of all the players and and you know uh, in the end i think it was uh, real bad luck uh, for him that it ended that way uh, but in a sense uh, you know it was almost inevitable maybe if he had signed off even after losing the ucl uh, you know he would have just become an even more shining legend in in spurs but but the but the signs were there uh, so so yeah for me pochettino tragic hero nearly there but never never quite deserved better spartacus mad so uh, mukund what was uh... your uh, impression of pochettino's tenure uh, i started supporting spurs in 2013 14 so my first ever season was one of the worst seasons that i have ever witnessed with uh, 
all those final defeats against Liverpool under AVB, it was just absolutely horrible to see. So when Pochettino came in as an extremely young manager in 2014-15, I had so much hope. And like, especially the first game he played against West Ham, Kyle Norton got sent off, uh, what is that, with a red card. Eric Dyer is playing right back. And in the last moment, we scored that goal. Like that, that set a very good precedent as to what is going to come in the future years with Pochettino. Because we've had so many last-minute victories, so, so, so much drama. And he has got us, Pochettino established Spurs as one of Europe's elite. As he, we were, before Pochettino, we were considered the best of the rest, correct? Spurs are very famous to be, very famously known as the best of the rest. But only because of his tenure in, in 2015-16 and 16-17 when we came third and second. Were we considered as title challengers for for the first time in a very very long time? So what Pochettino did for Spurs is 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 phenomenal. No one, no one uh, I have seen in football has done something like what Pochettino has done in my years of supporting Spurs because he absolutely transformed our image. When when we were you know coming second, when we were playing Champions League regularly, beating Juventus, Real Madrid. No one actually looked down on Spurs at that time. But before that, you know, we, we were shot on regularly by almost every single one. So, Pochino is an absolute legend. He transformed the image of Spurs. He, he made us play such exciting football. That watching the team press, watching the fullbacks bomb down the flanks. It, it, was so, it was so nice to see. Watching Harry Kane go on a rampage day in, day out. Every season, Dele Alli, Christian Eriksen. Human son, whatever he did for us, I absolutely loved the guy. And I was so fucking devastated with his sacking. I, I went on a massive rant on Instagram and I'm like, fuck this bald cunt, fuck Levy. How can he how can he sack one of our one of our best managers ever? I was super I was flabbergasted when he got sacked. I never knew. I honestly, even though there were so many reports saying Poshino might get sacked, our results are so bad. It's just that the things he's done over the past five years. You can't forget that. You can't forget that in a jiffy. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, this season's results are shit. So let's just sack you, even though you made us the club, you, even though you got us where we are. So when he got sacked, I was like super fucking pissed and damn sad. Uh, but yeah, bro, Pochino's reign was pretty much that. It was it was one filled with euphoria and one that very few, I mean, these first fans were lucky to experience. Nice. For me, Pochettino was, uh, of course, we played the best football I have ever seen. <clears throat> you know, sometimes the, like the way we used to play, just just the just to watch it, it was great. You know, uh, we would uh, attack in a certain formation, we would defend in a certain formation, we would just pass the ball through midfield, um, like it was nobody's business. The players would know where the their teammates are going to be at any given point, at any point of the pitch. He played some insane football, and uh, you know when like uh, there was a certain point during the seasons um, where you know when, when you just see the team sheet, the team sheet would be would be uh, would be shown, uh, and you just know okay yeah these guys are going to win, and sometimes uh, it would be like you know you um, the kickoff is about to happen the way the players are standing only you'll be like okay yeah these guys are going to win, and that is what they used to do. Um, so yeah, it was it was great to watch. We went back into the Champions League. He put us in Champions League three seasons or four seasons in a row, and um, 
uh, yeah for initially like he did not know how to handle the cups that was my uh, biggest uh, the gripe with the guy he would experiment in the cups like uh, legend guardiola does in uh, champions league he would ex- experiment a lot unnecessarily and um, and sometimes it wouldn't work out and, and i wish he would not have done that in those kind of one off games where you just have to win uh, by doing whatever it takes so i wish he had taken the cups more seriously because uh, i'm sure like he, yeah, obviously he kept saying you know i want i want to win trophies with spurs i want to win trophies with spurs but then he was only focused on winning the champions league or the premier league um, though we played some great football i wish he had like uh, enough nous to use his team um, uh, like how an experienced uh, title winning manager would use the team but then yeah uh, pochettino used us to learn management as much as we used him to grow as a in stature as a football club i would think <clears throat> so yeah that is uh, what i feel like uh, he did for us of course um i i, I don't think like uh, sacking him was the right thing to do um i felt like you know the guy earned uh, the right to like you know try to fix it at least you know for us to uh, till the end of the seasons like uh, he did get scammed one season he didn't get any signings so <laughs> i think we owed him that but then you know levy does what's best for the club and hopefully what he's done like as he said um only time will tell if what he did what he did was the right decision so let's see um but uh, yeah speaking of levy and uh, looking forward uh, he brought in mourinho and uh, mourinho has uh, transformed our team into something completely different so now we are being linked to different kinds of players and we are being linked to um, we have actually made some done some things um in the transfer transfer market also so let's talk about it um mukund what do you think about our new signing matt doherty bro mm, i'm probably going to get a, la- a lot of flack for this but i am not very excited for matt doherty uh the thing is last season i took fpl very seriously very very seriously so i used to watch almost every single team play whenever we, whenever they used to play so i used to be glued to hotstar and i have watched bulls play and so okay fine let me just address the issue we have at spurs first before i move on to this what do we need what 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 do we need at spurs uh, for from a guy playing right back we need a guy who fills the things that i mean who does the things that serge aurier cannot do so in terms of attack we, we all of us can agree that aurier can contribute better we all know that his final ball is lacking we all know that he cannot beat a man and uh, it's just that you know sometimes he he doesn't even look at the player while crossing he just puts his head down and just like slams the ball across the six yard box and when it comes to aerially crossing he sometimes he absolutely fucks it up so when you look at the things that he can't do we need a player you know who is very good on at the third end of the pitch so someone who can dribble someone who has pace someone who is smart enough to you know find that space someone who can look up and cross and a very technical player because if you need a guy who can dribble who has to dribble and cross we need someone who's you know technical who has very good ball skills now what is a kind of right back what, what kind of right back is madoherty first and foremost i wouldn't even call him a right back because he very very rarely plays a right back for wolves he plays as a right mid for wolves they play a five three defense three defense formation three defender formation with two wing backs but madoherty 
very i mean he does he has to track back all right he has to track back because the manager wants him to track back but he is very very attack minded he has i would say he has a very similar role to role to serge aurier in that he's always up ahead and the in the in that in the opposition part of the pitch but he is not on the bylines he does not go towards the he does not go towards the corner flag and put in a cross he does not beat his man he is the guy who gets into the box he will he uh, i'll tell you his role so the role that lucas mora has in spurs right now when he starts off as a right mid but then he cuts inside from the right and is usually and usually occupies the center of the pitch sometimes you know uh, play spraying balls or getting shots off that's exactly what matt doherty does he does not go to the byline he instead comes into inside the inside the box he plays one twos with the usually with himenes he plays one twos gets inside the box is very his positioning is excellent he's is very well uh, positioned to you know receive the parry from the goalkeeper if a shot is taken and score the rebound or his his positioning is so good that you know he is on the end of a cross so madhuri is that kind of player he gets into the box he contributes towards goals but then his goals are always from i mean his contributions are always from inside the box very rarely is it from outside the box so what we need in a right back is a guy who can cross from outside the box you know to get it on to dele ali's or harry kane's head and unfortunately that's not what i've seen from doherty now that could either be due to his role in wolves nuno has probably asked him to get into the box and he's doing that brilliantly whatever nuno has asked him to do he's doing it brilliantly uh so that could either be because nuno has asked him to do it or that he is not capable of doing it now i want to bank on the first option that is nuno has asked him to get into the box now the thing about thing that's promising about that is he follows the manager's instructions very well so if mourinho asks him to do something i am 100% sure that he'll be able to do it but what i think uh where we went wrong in this is we had a very good target in max arens he fits he fit almost every single thing that we were looking for in a right back except probably height but that's i am pretty sure a mourinho issue not a club issue he has pace he's young he's english he's fast Uh, sorry i mean he already i already said yes please he he takes on the man in front of him very well he's a very good ball progressor i think he's one he is norwich's best ball progressor and his crossing accuracy is excellent so if if we had to sign a right back i would have preferred it to be max arens i am not very sure about doherty because uh because of the reasons i already gave but i am still excited for the signing i mean it's not aurier so yeah true that i actually wanted to endorse what uh, what mukund said and you know unlike mukund i have not followed doherty he was never in my fpl team and i did not watch wolves with uh, you know that much animation i mean the about the only thing that i kind of noted was that uh, you know they were very strong down the right and they had somebody like um, uh you know traore uh uh you know doing the right wing thing and sending those marvelous crosses for jimenez to head home uh, uh and probably i i missed the role that doherty was playing uh, exactly in the way that mukun said but you know what i was just watching this recent euros nation league thing happening and i was watching uh, this match of ireland versus finland and 
my observation of Doherty, and that's the only reason I was watching the match, uh, my observation of him was exactly along the lines of what Mukun said, that, you know, he doesn't really go along the uh, the flank or or close to the parallel to the touchline. He, he kind of cuts inside and he did it several times. And also, of course, he's a advanced wing back, uh, you know, playing almost a mid. So my concern is, you know, less about the fact that he kind of cuts in. I mean, what the hell? I mean, that's good, you know. So if you have Kane and you have uh, Dele Ali playing a second and the, and the opposition defense is kind of busy with them and with Son bursting through that end and... Uh, somebody like Mora cutting inside as well. If another person lands up inside the box, uh, that might actually make it more complicated for the defense. And you know he might be that extra man that will do an overload on the on the defense and get us goals because it comes naturally to him. So to that extent, his his uh, offensive skills are useful. And and I have no evidence to the fact that he uh, you know he cannot cross. Uh, I think he does cross well, but. But I, I think the my concern, more than the fact that he cuts inside and is different from being an overlapping winger, is from the fact that uh, the other key, you know, uh, place where Aurier got so damned by so many of us is the incredible errors that Aurier used to make in defense and his lack of composure at critical points. I mean... Errors can happen from any defender in any one match. And, you know, it is pointless to crucify your defender for just a one-off game or even an error or two, right? Even if they were fatal and costly for the team. But if it is consistently happening, uh, you know, every other game and, 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 you know, the percentage of those errors per 90 minutes is high and they are critical to the team, then it becomes damning for that defender. And Aurier kind of hit those uh, numbers. I mean, he really did a number of very stupid errors, lost composure at different points of time that cost us very dearly. So cutting out those errors and being technically good in defense, including knowing when to tackle and when not to tackle, uh, but but position yourself so that you, uh, uh, you know, you, you just kept with your man instead of committing yourself. So uh, I think that is very important. I am not sure about Doherty from a defensive soundness perspective. Uh, so, so I think actually he will be an asset offensively, but I have my reservations of him from a defensive soundness perspective. But look, he's a new player who's coming to the team. Uh, you know, we need to see how he plays. He may, he may uh, be very adaptable. He may, uh, he may have the intelligence to kind of. Uh, uh, you know, adjust his weaknesses and play to his strengths better than what Aurier did. And 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 he could be a better uh, right half for us as compared to Aurier. Uh, is he a, a kind of a game changer over Aurier? I don't think so. But if he can kind of uh, show his effectiveness in the offense, whether he cuts inside and scores or passes, or whether he, you know, sticks to the flank and crosses, which I think he can do actually, uh, or or you know, if he if he can do that as as well as he has done before, and also prove himself to be technically good uh, on the defensive end of the job, then I think we have got a great asset. 
Yeah, I just feel like um, you know he is a kind of a game changer in comparison comparison to Aurier because he is right footed and he can shoot. So if he can shoot, I'm pretty sure he can pass also pretty well. Hopefully he can do that. I've seen him putting cutbacks into the box and all that. I'm sure Kai Kane and uh, Son and Ali would eat those up. And Bergwijn if he plays and the Mora, I don't know. Uh, so um, yeah, I'm very excited by that signing. I've seen like he gives me Robertson vibes uh, whenever I see him play. So. Um, I'm kind of excited for that. Pratik, uh, do you want to add anything about our new signing, Matt Doherty? Uh, nothing much. Most of us, most of it has already been said. But uh, what I thought was that he was in the mold of Trippier, you know, like like defensively stronger, maybe like different from Aurier. But then I saw like all the graphics with the stats and all talking about him getting into the box, scoring, scoring, scoring. Then. Even I thought, okay, maybe is he an Aurea replacement, you know, like an Aurea without uh, without the errors and the penalties and all. And yeah, I mean, I haven't seen him play much. I, 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 I saw only one game against Wolves. I saw the away game. I didn't see the home game also. So I don't remember him at all, actually. But like he feels more of a Aurea replacement rather than, you know, a Aurea, uh, like, like a Trippier replacement, you know. Seems uh, has seems to have similar skill set to Aurea, so I don't know if we are if Aurea is going to be sold or what is the plan for him. But I'm happy that we got a right back, you know, or at least a right wing back. We were defensively short on that position, and so now we have at least two players. So let's see what Mourinho has in plan for him. So that is our first signing, and our second signing is um, one that we have been like. Um, I think missing from the squad for like I don't know from four years I guess like a DM. So welcome to Pierre Emile Hoybier. So Mukund, what do you think about our uh, DM signing? First, I wouldn't classify him as a DM, okay, because he isn't a DM. Uh, he's a very good. Uh, he has very good ball recovery stats. I'll give him that. But he does not fit the mold of a DM. Uh, the mold of a D- uh, DM is someone, you know, if you look at it from a traditional point of view, a guy who sits in front of the defense, screens the defense, has a lot of, uh, you know, he excels in tackles, interceptions, and things like that. Uh, Hoibjörg, when you look at it, when you look at it from a tackling and interception point of view, he obviously outdoes Wings and Sissoko because, well, those guys aren't exactly great at tackling and intercepting either but when you look at when you compare it to the set of the dms we have in the pl he doesn't outdo anyone so first i wouldn't call him a dm but i would say he is a guy i mean he is exactly like okay how, how i would describe hoiberg as a wings with a very good defensive aptitude if you if you observe wings play right whenever he goes and commits to a tackle he gets beaten so easily Hoiberg is that guy who wouldn't do it. If he goes and tackles, there's a very good chance he gets the ball. He recovers the ball extremely well. So he would show up our, um, you know, our defensive midfield much better than anyone in the squad would. So I am extremely happy with the signing. And having seen Hoiberg play, uh, I, I'm actually excited about him because uh, he can pass the ball very well. He has a good long ball on him. He's a very forward thinker. Uh, especially in Southampton, probably that's more to do with the role in the squad. But the moment he used to get the ball, he used to immediately spray the ball up front. It would be either to Ings or Redmond. 
and uh, I'm pretty sure that won't be his role at Spurs because you know we, if he gets the ball, he wouldn't immediately give it away. But uh, he, he's he isn't very technical on the ball, but he is. When you take <laughs> again, when you consider a DM, you don't consider a DM to be very technical on the ball, and but he is you know much better than what you would consider a normal DM to be, like Wanyama. If you take Wanyama for example, he was horrible with the ball. He he couldn't dribble. He could just like hold off players, but you know he couldn't spray passes left, right, and center. Hoiberg uh, can, but the same way Wanyama tackles, Hoiberg can't. So yeah, but uh, I am pretty excited for Hoiberg because one, he shores up the midfield. He has better defensive stats than Sissoko and Winks, so I'm very excited about that. And two, we needed a leader in the center, and Hoiberg is exactly that. We have Kane up front, who's a striker. You know, it's usually a very, very bad choice to give a striker uh, the captaincy band because a striker usually can't impact the game because he's always, most of the time, cut off from it. He's the guy who has to receive the ball. Uh, that's why a keeper is always a good captain because he can, you know, align the defense whenever he wants to. But we needed one guy in the center who can motivate his players, who can, who, who can uh, follow whatever Mourinho wants him to do, and that is for the. I'm pretty sure he's going to be a mainstay in this team. Uh, probably replacing, I think, Sissoko. I'm not very sure. Because Wings is a very, very tidy ball player. And we need him on the pitch. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be Sissoko who he'll replace in the first team. So, yeah. It's it's a, it's like a Sissoko without the marauding runs. But with much better ball skills. And better defensive aptitude. So, yeah. But of course, this entirely depends on Ndombele not coming into the team. Yeah, just and probably even uh, one of Los Celso or Dele Ali being dropped. So, yeah, so I don't like Dele Ali is full motivated and also like perform this season the way Mourinho is thinking about him and uh, all that stuff. So we, uh, but we are going to start off the season without Los Celso. That's for sure. He's still nursing oh. his groin injury. So yeah. it is hundred percent going to be most okay, not hundred percent. I can't, obviously can't be like oh, I am Mourinho and all. <laughs> but most likely it's going to be. Hoiberg Binks midfield with Ali playing camp. Most yeah. likely. End down belly, no luck, no bro. We, I don't know, bro, honestly. It's I'm, I'm getting very I'm getting very bad vibes from the situation. It's like in the beginning, no, when Endobele used to play, I used to be so excited. Like all of us used to be excited because he used to do some flash, flash like flashy skills and all, do some turnovers, feints, his body will be touching the ground. It's like that. You've seen those MotoGP drivers, huh? when they take a turn, the, the bike is almost touching the ground, but it's not. Endobele is exactly like that. His upper body is almost touching the ground, but it's not. He'll just do some flashy feints and all. But when I, the last two times I've seen him play, it's like he's curbed his instincts a little. He is, he, it's like he sacrifices natural ability just so that he can execute the role the manager wants him to do. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's, the, little, uh, that's the little BT part about it because the whole point was Ndombele was that guy who was the flashy dude who yeah. used to dribble whenever he wants to and all. But yeah, probably the role that Mourinho wants him to play asks him to do less of the dribbling more. and more of whatever Mourinho wants him to do, that, which I ha- have no clue. Uh, for, Rene, but for, yeah, for now it's 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 uh, gonna be Ndombele on the bench it's like uh, there's also the other side of it where you hear um, Ndombele is like um, what do you call he's not training well Bergwijn is yelling at him and stuff like that so I don't know like is this guy uh, is, is he interested or like let's look at the situation of um 
మూడు దోస్తు మొహమ్మద్ సలా అండ్ కెవిన్ డిబ్రాయిన్ ఓకే సో ఈవెన్ దోస్తు దే లైక్ మొరీనియోస్ చెల్సీ టీమ్ డిడెంట్ హ్యావ్ ప్లేస్ ఫర్ దోస్ గైస్ బికాస్ యూ ఆల్రెడీ హ్యాడ్ హజార్డ్ మాటా బిలియన్ uh costa and all these guys and they were his main team and morinho is not the kind of manager who um, uh, what do you call uh, rotates his squad he plays the same squad 90 minutes week in week out midweek everything so um uh, there was literally no place for them in the squad other than being on the bench and they were too good to be <clears throat> be on the bench so they left but in our team um our option and or like it's the the difference in quality is massive between uh, wings and endombele so is it is it an actual case where uh, this guy does does not train well and uh, he it's better that we we listen to morinho this time because third time's a charm and he might be right about uh, him like not being a good uh, trainer but you know but uh, and sell him off for a profit and get in somebody else hopefully awar before arsenal get that guy um or um, should we just like you know believe in the guy and like let him do his thing like will morinho adjust what do you think yeah so see hoybier was brought in because levy told morinho that buddy he's our record signing i can't afford to dump him after year 1 and register a 20% markdown on the price you need to uh unleash his potential so marino and the backroom boys and hitchen and company they did their research uh they figured you know hoybier probably this was a conversation happening from last season itself so they figured out that hoybier was the guy he's on he was our number one transfer target right he was signing number one and uh you know i'm i'm very very happy about hoybier uh he's not the greatest player in the world but uh you know uh if he has had the most number of ball recoveries among all midfielders in the english premier league he obviously is very good at it uh he he has the ability to play a little more box to box also he can transition with the ball also move forward with it also uh without necessarily having the technical ability of a musa dembele or an endombele mm-hmm. as the case may be uh but i think his role is that he will be brought in to sit in front of the defense and recover the ball give physicality know when to tackle know when to defensively position himself and give cover to the defense and and basically uh put a little bit of steel into the defense into the middle uh which we have lacked ever since uh uh you know one yama's knees got shot uh you know dyer's lack of mobility uh, coupled with injuries exposed him and musa dembele started fading out as his body would not take it anymore and of course finally uh you know went to china so uh from that time onwards you know we talked about the decline of poch the decline of our central defensive mid- midfield spine was a huge part of the team going down uh, probably as important a part as uh, uh you know our our full backs declining uh so so 
uh, I think Hoybier brings that spine and stiffness back to the team. He's going to be a fixture in the team. The real question is, what's going to be the formation and who's going to play around him? So I think the interesting thing that's going to happen is that we are not going to stick to only one kind of formation. We are going to be fluid. We are going to switch formations. That's the beauty of uh, Moreno. He doesn't stick to only one formation. Uh, so so if we, if we do a 4-2-3-1, it's Hoybier with wings or it's Hoybier with Ndombele. If Ndombele can, uh, you know, recover fitness and just show that he's capable of being the Ndombele for which we paid a record price for him. I think the talent is still there. Uh, I don't know about his mentality. Uh, I hope he just gets it right and, and clicks for us because uh, it's a very expensive proposition for us if your record signing is not even making the bench. So I hope, uh, you know, that that he sees reason and he really puts in that that extra effort. And, and then, you know, if he's relieved of his defensive responsibilities a bit, uh, you know, he can he can do well with the ball transitioning, in which case, uh, you know, Hoybier and Ndombele becomes a very, very classy double pivot. Uh, Wings can be pretty good at it too, and this may sound strange, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. I actually believe Harvey White could have a breakout season this time, okay? Uh, and, and of course, Lo Celso, once he's back fit, uh, you know, he can be a part of this as well. Then we can switch to 4-3-3. And, and then again, you know, you could have Lo Celso and Ndombele uh, playing on both sides of, uh, of, of Dele uh, while Dele plays in the, in the number 10 role. Uh, so, so again, uh, you know, you'll, you'll have a pretty exciting uh, midfield troika, uh, you know, over there. Uh, the only thing is that I have a, you know, if Ndombele doesn't come to the party, and 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 uh, you know Loselso's injuries don't allow him to be consistent. Uh, I think we still wouldn't have mm-hmm. replaced Ericsson. and and that's where I have a a little bit of issue with the transfer. I genuinely believe we need a, a, a central attacking midfielder with vision who can pass that ball uh, through a low block because otherwise we will lose too many points against uh, lower ranked teams because we can't penetrate and we can't score. And if we concede, then it'll be an uphill battle for us. So, so we need a, a, a quality, uh, send, you know, send replacement, which we, we haven't got, right? Uh, the other way of looking at it is that, that, you know, Moreno might go for a lot of long balls and, and, and therefore doesn't need too much of holding midfielders. And we rely on the counterattack ourselves. Now, if that happens, then uh, uh, then we are well-placed because we have got a very speedy forward line as long as they are fit. Uh, and, and that could explain why we are looking to strengthen wingers and all by getting a fourth winger in. We already have uh, Son and Mora and Burkwine who can play wide. Uh, you know, even Lamella can play wide. Uh, but we are still looking for a fourth winger. So that could explain it. Uh, so so that would be the uh, the way that Moreno wants to go. And then we could see Lots of other innovations, including playing in a diamond or uh, playing a, a you know a three-five-two or a three-four-two or a three-two-two-two. Two, two, uh, those kind of formations. I, I think there's excitement out there, uh, you know, overall. But but the other other thing about our transfers, and that's the last thing I want to say, is that uh, 
you know, clearly Mourinho is also going in for people with a mentality, with character. Uh, and which makes me think that uh, this Habib Diallo could be on the radar uh, for the striker role for us because he's considered to be a strong character as well. He believes, Moreno believes that the team is mentally not strong enough and that's the principal reason where, where despite having talent, uh, Spurs failed to win silverware. And he's consciously looking, be it Doherty, be it Hoybier, uh, be it, uh, you know, somebody like Hart, who I'm not sure is the greatest signing, but you know the logic at least is that he's a he's a strong personality so he's looking for those kind of leaders those kind of people who will give a strong personality to his side he's confident he will make the team defensively strong and and capable of playing on the attack uh so so i i believe that you know we will certainly see uh you know one or two other signings even if uh, some people have to leave as well but but you know, we will probably see signings of players who seem to have some character in them, uh, some leadership in them, uh, no matter which which position they they play in. Uh, yeah, Pratik, is there anything you would like to add about our uh, DM slash not DM signing, IBR? Mm, in effect, I think we have uh, just you know replaced Watongan if you look at it because. We yeah because see Dyer goes into defense so we were defender short now we are defenders like one defender goes there and now we never we don't have a DM at all you know Dyer was a a jack of all trades but he wasn't a specialized DM so you know having Khoibia there is you know is very good because he's a specialist player he may not be like a total DM like you know as Mukun said but he does most of the role and that's what we need right now. So I am happy that we have got one, you know, we have fixed the defense as well as the midfield in one move. So let's see, we have a lot of options now, you know, considering we have uh, Losel, so we have Wings, we have Sissoko, now we have Hoibie, now we have, uh, yes, uh, even Ndombele, if he comes back, hopefully he comes back because I would hate to lose him. Because whenever I have seen him, I have seen him, you know, contribute, attack, like in the goal or with the assist. Of course, lately he, you know, he mellowed down and there was not much from him. But let's hope because he's a mercurial talent. Let's hope we get the best out of him. So let's see what happens. I mean, we are still a signing or two short. We need probably an, a striker or somebody in the mold of Sony who can, you know, play as a striker as well as an attacking midfielder. So we need somebody like that to, you know, just give the final touch to the team because we saw how the Injury to Kane as well as Sony at one go affected us badly. So we are still a bit short, but I'm happy and excited because we have plugged the holes in the squad. So let's see. Exciting times. So Mukund, quickly, bro, uh, what do you think about our new uh, goalkeeper, third choice goalkeeper, hopefully, Joe Hart? Uh, he is nothing. He is nothing more than a homegrown uh, replacement for Michel Vaughn. That's all. That's all I can think of. Uh, that's, those are our three things. And I think we are linked to a lot of players. We are in the market for a striker and um, probably a centre-back. Oh, Mukund, you tell bro, who, who are we in for in the market? And who are the players? Most likely? Right now, we are in for a striker. And it's been put out everywhere that we want a striker. It's like Levy has just gone to all his uh, journalists and just been like... So listen, go put out stories that we're in for a striker. So I'm pretty sure every club will be offering the strikers that they don't want to us. 
so we'll be linked to a lot and lot of fucking strikers but right now the only main uh co- concrete links we have right now was one uh we had we were co- concretely linked to Callum Wilson who moved to Newcastle for 20 million we were supposedly not willing to match their asking price of 20 million uh for a relegated striker even though i mean Callum Wilson's pretty good but we just didn't want to pay 20 million for a guy who's 28 and who's had two major knee injuries oh. one on each of his knee in the past two years um the only thing the good part about him was one he's premier league proven and two uh he's homegrown so we had those two things going for him i mean he had those two things going for him but he ended up moving to newcastle because newcastle paid 20 million uh one more guy we are constantly getting linked to is uh, olivier oli watkins mm. he is from brentford uh he is a very physical kind of striker he is a striker convert i mean he's a winger converted to a striker so he has experience playing down the wings as well his profile is that you know he's he is the hold up kind of hold up play kind of striker like very much like giru except one he's not very tall and two he doesn't match the physicality of a lorente or a giru but if you take into consideration that the championship is one of the most physical leagues in the world even though it's a, it's second tier in england it, that doesn't matter it's one of the most physical leagues in the world he's done pretty well he scored about 26 goals uh, last season but that does not mean any champions league striker who scores a lot of goals will convert it into the premier league we saw that with timo pukki he scored about 29 or 31 goals oh. in the champions league Champions and he ended up scoring like sorry championships champions league it seems uh so yeah even neil mope played very well uh when he was in the championship yeah. championship uh yeah basically but the the point is it doesn't matter how many goals he scores goals he scores is is the kind of profile we're looking at and watkins kind of fit it because uh, one he's homegrown two he's relatively young in fact compared to all the strikers we've been getting linked to he's one of the youngest strikers we've been linked to he's only 24 uh he has played in england already and he has that physicality he's he's very well he's very he's very good when it comes to hold up play so watkins was the striker we we were concretely linked to but what happened today is aston villa put in a bid of 28 million plus 5 million in add-ons uh-huh. so we are obviously out of the race nice. because nice. spurs are not going to fucking play pay 30 million for a backup striker yeah. yeah so we are out of uh, ollie watkins if if Aston Villa's bid is accepted, and Watkins, you know, decides to move there. We're still in the race, supposedly, but we just won't match Aston Villa's offer, and we just don't want to participate in a bidding war. Levy's Levy's one policy is that so if there's a bidding war, I'm hundred percent sure Levy is out of there. Mm. Uh, so yeah, we had some links to Chris Wood, who I would have fucking loved because he is he is too good. I mean. One, he's played for Burnley, so he's a proper shit houser. <laughs> Two, he's six four, six five. He knows how to head the ball. He gets into good positions. He's very, very physical. He he's the he's the perfect replacement for Fernando Llorente, except he is homegrown. So you know he won't even fill a foreigner slot. He is not from so New Zealand. Zealand. He's he's New Zealander. He's a New Zealander, okay? But then he spent three years before twenty one in England. Uh, he was in leeds before burnley i'm not sure where he was before leeds or he might have been a leeds youth academy i'm not very sure but he spent 3 years before when he won in england so he's homegrown oh. so chris would would have been perfect he would have offered that plan b lorente offered but we're sadly not going for him hmm. so that's there we also we've also been linked to him and as throughout the window 
saying Jimenez to Spurs, Jimenez to Spurs. Now those links have just gone up because they bought Fabio Silva oh. from uh, Porto oh, for 40 Fabio million. Fabio Silva, bro. Who is he, bro? Doesn't he look like the Fabio guy ever, bro? You see his face? You're talking about the Manchester United Fabio. No, no, no. Like Fabio in general. Like when I say the name Fabio <laughs> the in general, like what kind of face comes in here? Like, Some Latino, like, bro. Yeah, that's what, that's the face that comes in here. Long hair flowing down his face. Exactly like a Fabio, bro. Like if I look at him, I would say your name is Fabio without even like, you know, asking him what his name is. He looked like such a generic Fabio. I was like, wow. Does he... Like, like, like you, do you see his hair and his face? He has a broad, huge face. Seems like a big guy. Is he? Is he huge? What is up with him? Is he a striker or who is he, bro? Why have Wolves spent spent forty million on this guy? I I don't know. I don't know much about Fabio Silva. All I know is he whooped. I think Sessegnon's ass in FIFA. <laughs> oh. In that, bro, we had that competition. No, Fabio Silva absolutely whooped one guy's ass, bro. One's first player. I'm not which. I'm. I think it's Sessegnon. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, see. First and foremost, Wolves have that Portuguese connection. So if there is a very an emerging talent from Portugal, Wolves will be one of the first clubs to sign him up. Uh, uh, two, this guy is supposedly touted to be uh, extremely good. He's very technical. He's a he's a striker. Oh. And uh, what I know from I mean the the main part about him is that this guy is supposedly some FM god. Like, he oh. becomes some Ballon d'Or winner in FM and all. That's, that's all I know about him. Okay, I know I remember him, bro. He's the one who beat Trent. He was destroying him full, man. Oh, Trent, Trent. I saw, yeah. sorry, my bad. Trent, he won the final, correct. He was destroying him full game. Trent, somehow he's managing, somehow saving. Finally, he scored with Fabio Silva. He was like, oh... <laughs> Bad. And, and and Trent's face was just like yeah. tremendous, bro. Yeah. He, he just sulked into the fucking sofa. And Fabio Silva has no expression. He's just like, yeah, this is yeah. nothing. Another day in my life. <laughs> of being amazing. I'm Fabio. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that is... But yeah, since, he, since he's joined Wolves for 40 million, the rumors are heating up about Jimenez leaving. Oh. But Jimenez is one of their... Ma- Main players, I mean, that guy connects the entire Wolves team, bro. Yeah. Midfield, fullbacks, Adama, main Adama. Him and Adama have some mental telepathic connection. <laughs> if Adama crosses the ball into the box, Jimenez is going to be there to head it. If Jimenez gives a through ball, the guy who's going to be on the end of it is Adama. Uh, he's, Jimenez is too good, bro. He's he's one of the best strikers in the league, according to me. His, he, his profile is exactly like Kane's. Exactly like Kane's. So, and, I'm not even surprised uh, with us being linked to, to him. Yeah, and just to squelch you, Mukund, on this, uh, you know, if we are not paying uh, X million for uh, Oli, we sure as yeah, hell are not going to pay Y million for Jimenez as the backup. So, 100%, if, I agree. If, if Jimenez goes somewhere, I have a feeling he'll be heading for Manchester United. They are looking for a striker. They couldn't get Kane, so they'll get... Jimenez, uh, so so that may happen unless uh, you know Wolves have a plan to keep both. Uh, they are they are spending a lot. My biggest concern, I think, I'll tell you in this transfer window is that so many of the of the teams seem to have owners who who seem to be able to spend. Everton, you know, look at the kind of midfield they are beginning to build up. If all their signings go according to plan. 
that they are looking at Ducore uh, and and Jaime Rodriguez in the in the in their midfield, which will significantly strengthen it. Mm-hmm. If particularly if Rodriguez can actually find the kind of form that he had in the 2014 World Cup uh, and even in 2014-15 when he played. Uh, and after that, of course, his career got a bit derailed, as happens when you spend too much time on the bench and then go on loans with no real long-term plan. But, uh, uh, you know, so they are they are kind of gearing up. Wolves is clearly, uh, you know, paying money, getting people in. So is Leicester. Uh, you know, they are strengthening. And, uh, uh, and, and, and we are talking Everton, Wolves, Leicester. You know, teams outside the quote-unquote big six, uh, you know, Leeds will be just like Wolves was when they came onto the uh, scene. They got promoted. Leeds is another big club which has kind of come in after a long, long gap. It's a really big club. And they have got a charismatic leader on, in, in Bielsa. So it will be interesting to see how they go. So So I see a lot of these quote-unquote, mid-table teams, upper mid-table teams, really strengthening. And and I see the, and, and let's forget and not even talk about the kind of spending in obscene amounts that Chelsea is doing. Uh, and and But but you look at, look around and you see Manchester United, you see uh, uh, Arsenal, you know, who are trying to plug the holes in their defence, you know, with Sal- Saliba and people like that. And, uh, uh, you know, they are strengthening as well. Arsenal will definitely be a better football side under Arteta than they were under uh, Good Evening, everyone. So, so the point is that, that uh, 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 you know, we will have more competition. I think what's really going for us is the fact that we too are, you know, in a, in a less glamorous way, trying to plug the holes we had. I think Pratik said it. We had a problem with a right fullback. We didn't want Aurier. We wanted somebody else to be the first team player. We've got that somebody else. Let's hope it works for us. Uh, we strengthened our defense, uh, or, or at least, you know, we replaced Jan with Dyer, who is certainly not as good as peak Jan, but, you know, who may be competent enough. And we, uh, you know, we have got Hoybier uh, in, and maybe that will uh, help all the other players who partners him in, in in midfield become better. We still have to solve the backup to Kane problem, uh, backup centre-forward. My fear is we don't have that uh, brilliant player like Sen who can, who can unravel a low block. Uh, if we can get those two pieces in, we would have strengthened also a little bit. But I'm not sure whether we would have strengthened as much as the way the competition is. Uh, and then we are pretty much all just hoping and praying that Mourinho pulls off some magic. Yeah, I mean, if Mourinho, if anybody can do it, it's our man. So, let's see. Mourinho is already saying Mr. Levy has given me three more players. I'm very happy. So, so let's see what he has to say. Mukun, what, what do you would like to add? Yeah, first, I'll just talk about Jimenez. Yeah, like you said, we're 100% not going to be paying. You know, he, he'll cost something in the excess of 40 million. I'm pretty sure he'll cost something like that. But, but, if by some hook 
hook or crook some miracle we sign him ms he won't be coming to sit he won't be coming to sit on the bench you know there there might be a system change just to accommodate a player like him ms because if he comes into the team he offers something uh that kane does so is i'm not saying we'll have two canes in the team but himenas's hold up play is excellent his hold up play i would say is as good as fernando llorente's but except himenas is way more technical than llorente he can dribble the ball he can spray the ball he has excellent vision his positioning is brilliant himenas would be an upgrade on fernando llorente i mean obviously that's 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 obvious but even in terms of what llorente's strengths are which is height physicality and you know being a menace in the box even in terms of lorente's strengths i'm saying himenas is better than lorente even uh, i mean how do i say this bro whoa, whoa. himenas is better than fuck what how do i say this da uh himenas outdoes lorente's strengths even though lorente has very few himenas is way better so if we do spend 40 million for himenas he won't be coming to sit on the bench and if himenas does come we'll have a stacked bench because uh one of either ali son or lucas has to drop back to the bench because we can't play three of them and if uh one of loselso winks hoyberg sissoko i mean two of them actually have to drop back to the bench and i can't see son getting dropped i can't see lucas getting dropped it's probably ali but ali is on a resurgence uh arch arc <laughs> so i ha- i have no clue how that will play out if we do go for himenes it's a first team signing not a bench signing if you go for something like someone like oli watkins if he cost around 20 million that would have been a bench signing if he had gone for someone like callum wilson who would have cost 20 million that would have been a bench signing so yeah the difference between himenes and the other strikers is that if himenes comes there's a very good chance he plays alongside kane not as a replacement for kane if anyone else comes they play as a replacement for kane when kane rests they probably step up to the first team So yeah that's how the Jimenez transfer would play out. Will not happen mate that's the answer. I know I know it might happen if he sell probably Endombele. When does the window close by the way? October 2nd. Oh okay. October some that's not too far from late, late. some first or second week of October like a next month. Nice. So on that note we will uh, call it an episode. Um thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, you can find us on uh, Instagram at White Heart Radio and on Twitter at White Heart Radio. Mukund, where can we find you on? Uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter. My handle is at Mukund Amar. And Pratik, where can we find you on? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Flash Rotor. Okay, and Anirvan, where can we find you on? At Ambo Anirvan on Twitter and uh, Anirvan Mukherjee dot three at Instagram. Okay. Um, so yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please hit that follow button uh, wherever you're listening. So um, until next time, uh, come on, you Spurs! Come, come on, on, you Spurs! Spurs.